Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. Brett McGrath here, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor, and professional wrestling fan. You already know. Back again. Let's go. Wow. How about this market, huh? Football, booming. So many personal experiences dealing with being in the trenches, battling people for football cards that I like. I actually, you know, I love that the attention is on football right now just because. I'm able to help validate some of what I'm talking about. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's more fun that more people are involved. So I am super fired up about that. We have a jam-packed show full of just things I've been thinking about. You know you're not going to get the, this is the retail product that's being released this week, or this is uh, the trending cards. You're not going to get that here on Stacking Slabs. That's why I'm your content alternative baby your hobby content alternative and that is what i'm bringing to you each and every week i am fired up so much happening so let's just dive in first take first personal experience that i had that has been happening a little bit that i wanted to talk about and share with all of you because i'm sure as you're grinding i'm sure as you're making your moves in the hobby you're seeing this as you put yourself out there Um, with your content or with your thoughts and opinions. And that's what matters most, your thoughts and opinions, because that's what's going to make us better and that's what's going to keep us going. No status quo syndrome. You know we don't like that over here on Stacking Slabs. So I think the first thing from from my end is that there are so many people that are offering feedback to me on a regular basis, and I've talked about this almost each episode. That's what fuels me and that's what really makes me excited to do these episodes. And I got to say like it is just so much fun like meeting new people, having people reach out to me saying thank you, saying they've been thinking about this, but what I said helped encourage them to push further on it. Like that's the type of stuff that's real and that's the type of stuff that's super powerful and makes me so committed to doing this show. Um and I encourage everyone to continue to reach out not only to me but other people in the hobby and build and develop that network and those relationships because that's where all the power happens. I think for 99% of the time that I get really, really positive and good feedback, there is like this 1%, um, whether it's comments, the occasional DM of people just basically questioning what I'm talking about and questioning uh, my opinions and you know, the way I read it, I always just try to have a conversation. I never, I try to reply to everybody. I never try to put people down. I just want to engage and get their perspective. As I, you know, have these types of interactions and people don't respond back after I ask questions, um, you know, it, I get this sense in digging in that there is this um, anti ideas and innovation segment of the market of people who, are settled they are collectors they don't like the new age stuff they don't like the new market they don't like new voices or new people they're 
on the other side of being a fan of stacking slabs, which is completely okay. I do this show not to create fans forever. I don't for everyone. I've talked about that. This show is not for everyone. This show is for a specific segment of the audience. And I hope when you listen, it sounds like I'm talking to you. That is intentional. Okay. So when people outside of the people that I'm talking to come into my DMs or to through my comments and start talking about, you know, things like wide receivers aren't a good buy. I don't know why you keep talking about this or, um, you know, why are you even like mentioning wrestling cards? Like these types of things, you know, I really view it as like, okay, like there are some people, no matter what you do, they're set in their ways and they're not adaptable and they're just going to, because they have all this experience as a collector and they've been through the trenches, they're going to flex into that. And, you know, a little bit, and I'm not here to put down generations at all. Like every, I think every generation that everybody's been alive and gone through, they've taken with them specific experiences and that they're allowed to use those experiences to inform decisions and help inform other people. That's how, you know, ideas and how sharing works. And that's how we all get better. So I'm very open minded to opinions from all segments, all generations. I think the problem really is, is when somebody with an opinion is flexing so deeply on that opinion that they're, they're starting to come across like it's fact. And that's not something that I have any time for. It reminds me of like how that okay boomer catchphrase uh, started to take off where, you know, a certain segment of people in the United States, millennials or whatever, started to say, okay, boomer, because the things that the baby boomer class were saying were a little outdated to this other segment. So that's somewhat how it feels when people are sliding in and flexing into their 30 years of experience. And that's fine. If that's what makes them happy, then then go for it. Like, be my guest. I'm not here to change everyone's mind and opinions. But what I can tell you just because you have 30 years of experience as a collector doesn't mean anything to me based on the path that I'm trying to create and the fun I'm trying to have in the hobby. It actually disrupts that. Okay. So I'm thinking critically about ideas. I'm thinking critically about um, innovation. I'm thinking critically about opportunities. And where it gets lost is you might have 30 years of experience as a collector, but you don't have any experience navigating this current market. And that is the market that I'm making decisions in. So your opinions, what you're saying doesn't really matter to me. Okay. So I think that's the extreme level and there's way to compromise and have to talk about it. But like, I think about it professionally and just, you know, work experience. It's like, I do marketing for software companies. I've talked about that a lot. And it's like, um, I was thinking about that on my run this morning. It's like, You've got, you know, a chief marketing officer of a, a software company who's a, a leader of that group, a team. And then you've got, you know, maybe somebody who is young, right out of college, maybe a couple years of experience doing social media for another company and grew that social media presence from nothing to 200,000 people in two years. Uh, well, you, you bring the CMO with 20 years of experience in the software industry and you bring in this new social media manager, like it's bad leadership for the CMO to say, just because I'm the CMO and I've been doing this longer, we should be doing social this way. That's, that's not right. Like there's a vision that you can operate in. 
but you you need to empower these people who are specialists in their jobs to who can do it, who spent more time, who are subject matter experts, no matter their age or experience, you need to empower these people to do their job and share information that's going to, you know, be better for everyone. And that's how I think about the dichotomy between people that are operating in the hobby and who are very, very sound, smart people, but might not be new to it, but have a business sense. And then the opposition of these people who have been collecting for 30 years, who maybe might fall in line with the status quo syndrome. I think like at the end of the day, there is a happy medium between these two groups. But you know what? Like, I'm not really interested in solving that happy medium. And I think to be honest with you, the hobby needs to start thinking about itself in more of in more segmented groups, not saying we can't all go to the national when it happens, hopefully next year and all have a good time and meet each other. That's what the hobby's all about. But I'm saying if I'm spending time in the hobby and I'm spending time engaging with people, I'm spending time consuming content, I don't have time for the general stuff. That doesn't matter to me. What I want to be engaged with are the, is the content and the people that are going to help me better pave the path and that are like-minded, more like-minded to me in the hobby. And that's what I've got time for. And that's what I want to spend time doing. So I think that's really, really important. Don't just look at what you're doing from a general perspective. There are people and specialists that are doing what you're doing. Find those people, gravitate to those people, because that's where magic can happen. I spent last night watching an amazing documentary with my wife and it brought back so many nostalgic feelings and I, I want to talk about it because I think it applies to what I just said. So there is, if you're unfamiliar and I'm a massive music nerd, like when I'm not spending time on cards, wrestling, I'm into music. Always have been. I've been creating, I created content for music several years ago, had a, had a MP3 blog going, um, engaged with labels, bands, you name it, DIY, house parties. I'm just a huge fan. And it, it, the, the fandom of just the independent music scene really translates over to the card market for a lot of ways. Um, I do buy physical music. I do have a vinyl collection because it's that attachment with that piece of art that really drives the relationship between fan and band for me. And so that that got ignited when I watched the Other Music documentary on Netflix. And if you're unfamiliar, Other Music was a record store in New York, an absolute staple independent record store that was a cultural phenomenon and really changed the game for bringing in, selling specific music that might be a little left to center to most, but think about it from like the, there was a tower record shop, you know, catty corner to it that eventually went out of business. It was the anti-tower records. It's where you went to learn. It's where you went to be exposed to new bands. We've all got independent record stores in our cities. If you buy music, go support those places. We've got great ones here in Indianapolis, two that I shop at, not as much during the pandemic, but I Really, really love Luna Music. I've been shopping there for 20 years. Todd Robinson's the owner, one of the best guys I know. He's just super passionate about music and um, promoting artists. And we've got Square Cat Vinyl, which is, you know, Stone's Throw from where I live. Mike runs that place. It's just an awesome place. But it's you go to these shops, you go to learn, 
and you go to get educated, you go to meet like-minded people, you go to get exposed to new ideas, new music, and new art. And just all of that combined together is what I am freaking about so much. Like, I am so much about that. And the other music documentary, the punchline of the movie, if you have any interest in independent music or you're into independent music, it's a must-watch. It, it talks about a lot of bands that I was super into at the time, X-Cops, The Rapture, TV on the Radio, Cat Power, early, early Vampire Weekend stuff. Not so much into them as much anymore, but the early stuff. So it just goes, it goes across, and the, the record store ends up, um, they end up selling it, um, and there's a lot of reasons why. But just watching that documentary really struck a nerve for me. And I tried to apply those experiences that I have when I would go visit New York and go check out other music or go visit the, my local record shops. And that just walking in, them knowing what you like, referring new music you might not know about, meeting people, meeting friends, like that exists and that is real. And that's where magic happens. And I think, I don't think, I know. There is so much more opportunity for us as a hobby to think about ways that we can create those experiences where we're not all talking a bunch of noise to a, to a loud stadium, but we're together with people with similar and common interests that are looking to learn from each other. I'm not talking about creating division. I'm just talking about being more smart, smart with your time and finding areas of passion and finding areas of alignment with other segments of the market. People talk a lot about like when I talk about people outside of the hobby, like, Oh, I, I heard you've got a podcast that's, that's about cards. And I say it is about cards, but it's kind of about a lot of different things. It's about building relationships. It's about navigating this hobby. It's about sports. It's about pro wrestling. It's about music. It's about business. And so like that wrapper that I put around stacking slabs, I think is really, really important because primarily this thing is about cards, but there's so much more to it. So I think we as a hobby and listeners of stacking slabs, we, we really need to flex into our ideas, the path that we are trying to create, engaging with other people that are like-minded, not letting people that aren't distract us. and know that you know, you're not going to solve all the problems, but focus on yourself. We're all running our own businesses here. This is run, like You can be a collector and not even sell, and you, it's still you're running your own business. You're making the decisions, and we all got to think like an owner, right? We all got to be students of the game, and I think that's really, really important, and that's something that's becoming very, very apparent to me as I spend more time navigating this complex and fun hobby that we all have. I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about the NBA. I will say the Pacers, new coach coming, Nate McMillan, thank you for your service. I think it was inevitable where the NBA is moving in one direction, the Pacers want to move in one direction, and you know Nate is not going to take us in that direction. And that's fine. Nate's going to get hired somewhere. I think he's got that experience. I think we're just you know, looking for a, a new identity here in Indiana. And I'm very, very excited. I know Mike D'Antoni has been tied to the job in his last year in Houston. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just excited for some change. I think no matter what, as a fan of an NBA team, Pacers are always make the playoffs, but Pacers have been a few moves away 
of really accelerating. You could say it's part of the small market problem. I don't know. I think we're we're fully capable of bringing in people and running a new brand of basketball that's going to take us back to an Eastern Conference Finals. I just think it's just a, a paradigm shift, and we need to start making those moves. So I'm excited about those moves, and I want to say thank you, Nate, for all 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 you did here. Um, and I'm not going to talk a lot about NBA because some of that stuff regarding you know the the um, what what happened in the NBA, social injustice, the platform, the suspension of play, that stuff gets covered a little bit unexpectedly in the Friday conversation. So I had a Friday conversation, which is awesome. It's kind of, we went Broadway, went a little long on it, but I think it's going to be really, really good. And I'm excited to share it with all of you. We, I talked, I brought Chris from House of Jordans and Card Ladder back on the show because Everyone's talking about Luca and trying to figure out what to do with Luca. He is the number one Luca collector I know and is very sound and experienced in Luca collecting. And so I felt if we're going to talk about Luca on stacking slabs, the best way to get it validated and verified and to share perspective would be to have Chris back on. So we did that. We talked about what the current state and what was happening with the NBA. Um, we talked obviously about Luca. There's a lot we covered. We talk about football a little bit, but I'm really, really excited for that one. So make sure you go check that out on Friday. Hobby Hustle with Chris, one of my favorite dudes in the hobby. Love what he's doing, and excited to check for to share that one with you all. I've been just on this content kick. Okay, it is um, so satisfying for me. I love the engagement. I love the reaction. I just I love the feedback. I think. It's just, it motivates me. So I've been doing a lot. I don't want to repeat stuff on the podcast that I'm talking about on, let's say, Instagram TV. So I'll make reference to these topics and I'll put the links in my show notes. And if you want to go back and you haven't seen it, um, go check it out. And that's where you can learn. So I talk on Instagram TV. I have two episodes that are recent, one about selling my Luca PSA 10 hoops card that I sold it in a 24-hour auction after Luca went nuts, had the triple-double, hit the game winner, sold it for an all-time high. I'm going to tell you why I did that, the results, the feedback. There's a video I did of that on Instagram TV. Go check it out. I also talk about getting kicked in the junk trying to buy a Terry McLaurin um, gold vinyl PSA 10 card that I've been watching for 10 days. I uh, had a nice, uh, I lost that one, but settled with a nice red shimmer that, that jumped up. Um, but go check out that one too. So those are two new IGTV um, recordings that you can find on my Instagram, at Stacking Slabs. You know where to follow me. Um, there's a lot of, uh, that's picking up. Thank you everyone who's engaging with me on Instagram. I surpassed the 2000 uh, follower mark and that's awesome you know i just started this podcast back in april and the growth has been incredible so um thank you to everyone who's engaging with me on instagram instagram is certainly the the primary platform um i do spend time on twitter i've got a lot of great um, people i engage with on twitter tiktok i've taken a little bit of step back but pumping out some stuff on there weekly i've i've kind of pulled back on tiktok since i've been doing more on igtv but that doesn't discount I am spending a little time on TikTok. So 
So much fun on the social side, so much content going on. Hopefully you all enjoyed the episode I did with um, Eddie from Investicard. Punchline of that is make sure you talk to people before you have an opinion about them and the hobby. And that's certainly a wake up call for me. And Eddie, I thought he did a great job telling his story, talking about what he was about and the mission he is on. At the end of the day, this dude is like, he's making, creating jobs for people. And it's like, can't be a hater on that. Like, and I honestly, there, after listening back to the episode, I was like, you know what? Like, there are probably some cards in my collection that are just stashed away that would be qualified for invest a card that I could just send them. And I know they take up hefty percentage of it, but if they're going to do the work for me and I don't have to worry about it, and it's going to save me time. That's more money in my pocket than those cards just sitting underneath my futon. Know what I'm saying? So make sure you go check out that episode if you didn't already. Um, Eddie is a is a vibrant, passionate dude, and you're going to hear that on that episode. Football, bro. My goodness. I was thinking back, first of all. Okay, so my one of my first episodes I did was on May 8th, and it was on Jarrett Stidham. So I, I've, been, I, I've, I've been talking about football for quite some time. I think about all the engagements, and I gotta be honest. So, like, I, you know, I've been buying football recently, like for not recently, but for a while now. Obviously, I wish I'd been more aggressive buying more football early. I think it's shiny objects, you know, basketball was the shiny object, and that's what everyone was chasing. And so that's what I got more involved with. While I was buying football, it wasn't my primary focus. I'll tell you right now, I'm having more fun buying football anticipation of football happening than I have ever had being back in the hobby. I don't know if it's an element of maybe I have a little more passion for football. Maybe it's an element of there are more opportunities and guys, but man, this is taking off. I'm going to share a lot of information in this episode about some data points. This is not only taking off, it is going to explode even further. Okay. So like, think about it from this perspective. All right, you are in a fantasy football league. Chances are, if you're listening to Stacking Slabs, you're buying slabs, you're playing fantasy sports, okay? All it takes is one of us in each of those leagues to take an L. Okay, here's the league. You're in a 12-team PPR league where you put in 100 bucks. okay? Weekly payouts. Yada yada yada. At the end of the year, if you make for if you're first place, maybe you get six hundred and fifty dollars, which is a great win. Take that six hundred and fifty dollars and put it in the hobby. That's awesome. But if you're taking an L in a fantasy football week and someone's like, Oh, I beat you, yeah, what are you doing? And you're on the other side of that and you're making six hundred and fifty dollars in one week selling cards, and you tell the other people in the league, yeah, whatever. I don't need to win this league. It'd be fun, it's a pride thing, but I just made $650, you know, flipping Kenyon Drake this week because he went off and had two rushing touchdowns, 200 yards, and a receiving touchdown. I know you had him on your team, but I had three of his cards slabbed up that I just sold for $650. How about that? All it takes is one of us in those leagues. There's going to be interest inside the leagues we're operating in. There's going to be growth. I'm, not, I'm saying this is going to happen. It's going to be fun. If you're if you're in that situation, be a good brother. Help help guide, navigate. We want those people to stay in the hobby. We want them to have fun. Show them the rope. Share your experiences. That is how this hobby becomes 
even more fun than it already is. But I was thinking back to um, a conversation I was having back in that time frame, and there was this element of why isn't there, um, why why aren't people spending more time on cards outside of quarterbacks? Like why why isn't this happening? And you know there wasn't any really good answer outside of like this is how it's always happened. And I started to talk with Scott from Starstock about this. We had some tweets exchanged. And at the end of the day, it was just like, this is how it's always happened. But this doesn't mean based on this current market and these dynamics, this is how it's always got to be. And just share some perspective for you all on the growth of football over the last like three months. I'm going to give you some examples. Okay. Let me take a sip of my coffee. Colombian, baby. Gotta love those beans. Okay, so the Tom Brady 2000 PSA 10 Bowman Chrome, big card in May, into May, $6,488. Today, there's a sale on 826, $10,400. 60% growth in a three month time frame for Tom Terrific. So that's crazy. That's wild for a blue chipper. That's setting the tone on the market. Well, now if you look at someone like Kyler Murray, who's kind of the, a hobby hype guy, 290 May 30th, 810 now, increase of 179%, $520 difference. Okay, hobby hype guy, quarterback, wild. All right, now let's look at some skill position guys. Michael Thomas, 2016 Silver Prism, June 10th, $168. August 26, $800, 376% increase. Okay, so finally the market woke up and was like, Michael Thomas kicks ass. This guy is unstoppable. He's a first-round pick in my fantasy league. This guy's super exciting. Drew Brees is his quarterback. Like, finally enough people were like, why in the hell are we not buying these guys like this, okay? People are spending time on the most ridiculous NBA prospects of all time, and you've got guys like Michael Thomas out there that no one's buying. Well, now people are buying them. Now people are realizing they have seen the light. They have seen that owning a Michael Thomas card is going to kick ass when the Saints are playing and they're at home with their nachos, wings, friends, watching football, watching Red Zone. Who doesn't want a Michael Thomas card? We all do because he's going to catch touchdowns and it's going to be awesome. 2017 Christian McCaffrey, PSA 10 Prism. May 29th, $225. August 26th, $852. That is a 278% increase. Think about this, everybody. On May 29th, I didn't look at this data, but I'm just going to tell you. People are buying R.J. Barrett's silver freaking prisms for more than that. Give me a break. I know I keep throwing R.J. Barrett under the bus, but come on. Would you rather have a Christian McCaffrey card, rookie card, or an R.J. Barrett? Come on. Like, this is why football is happening and why it's growing, because people decided, you know what? It doesn't have to be all about the quarterbacks. It doesn't have to be what all these old collectors said we got to do. It's about what's going to make me happy, what excites me, 
and what I find fun. And that's owning a piece of a guy like Christian freaking McCaffrey, who's going to get more touches than any more touch it. You got all the quarterbacks, then you got the next guy. And it's Christian McCaffrey who's going to get the most touches. No doubt. He's the backbone of that team. They're going to be down. He's going to catch a million balls. He's going to run it a million times. He's going to be dancing in the freaking end zone. Owning a piece of Christian McCaffrey is a lot more fun than owning a piece of a guy like RJ Barrett in a story. Okay. So I think like, you know, here's some recommendations, right? So, so what, right? So people say stuff like this and then it's just like, so what? So let me give you the so what, okay? These prices of these top tier guys that might be, you know, your first round fantasy pick, you don't need to focus on these guys. They, you might be out of play on these guys right now. It might be too expensive and too risky to buy them right now. That's okay. That is okay. Because there's so much other opportunity in football and so many other areas to have fun. So here are some for you. Focus in on some year two guys, right? I know DK Metcalf is going up. And I know I've talked about Marquise Brown and Terry McLaurin. There's AJ Brown, Josh Jacob, Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary. The list goes on. I mean, geez, like, seems like this is our future fantasy guys all right there. But like, this is what you got to do. Dig into those guys in the set that came out last year, that this is old school stacking slabs. This is old school do the work, but here's the framework. Find guys and measure them on skill, situation, intangibles, and moments. Run that through the ringer and then look at guys and look at their prices. And you might find somebody based on your research and your analysis that says, you know what? This guy's prism card is only six bucks right now. I'm going to buy these up, and it's going to be fun as, fun as hell watching them on Sunday. I'm going to wear, be rooting them on when I'm not watching my team. That's fun. So prospect. You, you can still prospect into some of these guys. It's it like, go do that work. Another thing is like, go find the back half of career guys that have rookies in Topps Chrome. I've talked about that. T.Y., Devontae Adams. There's so many out there. Those cards are undervalued right now. I don't know why they are. I'm buying those up because they're cool, and those guys are going to produce. You're telling me Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback this year, barring an injury, always the caveat, isn't going to have a monster season? Same with T.Y. and Phillip Rivers. Come on. There's more guys, too. Just go do the work there. There's also one that I'm not as interested in at this point, but maybe I start moving that way. There's the backups and handcuffs call, just like you would in fantasy football. Get the backups, get the handcuffs. Doing some work. I do the work, show the work, and share it with you. 57 quarterbacks started in 2019, okay? That's almost every team in the league had two quarterbacks start at one point. That's almost like you can say that, okay? So inevitably, there are going to be quarterbacks hurt. There's going to be injuries. Some might be serious. Let's hope not. But some might be, you know, a week or two. Well, we're in a game of about now. It's all about now. And so... Who can those quarterbacks be that are backups that might get a shot at some point based on the current quarterback isn't like super favorable or he's injury prone? Like there's opportunity there. Those guys, not very expensive. One guy I think about is like Kyle Allen in Washington. That's one guy I think. The other thing is like the running back position. There's the backups, the handcuffs. Go do some research. Go find Go find your favorite backup right now based on situation. Go read some reports. Go see who's going to get 
more carries who might be the primary. I mean, just like off the top, it's like guys like Kareem Hunt, guys like Alexander Madison, guys like Tony Pollard. Like those are the guys you can do some digging on. Those are the guys right now who are affordable. So it's like those are there's options outside of just buying into Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas. We all wish we would have bought those guys back in May. Now, now that we know what's happening, but like don't don't let don't let prices and don't let anyone tell you that everyone's moving to football and it's too late on football. Football is so complex and so unproven. It's all about what you believe and your instinct. Trust your gut and go with it. Never too expensive, baby. Especially not when there's alignment here with fantasies. I had a little bit of a a buzzkill this week, and I don't know if it's my first time dealing with it. And I've, you know, I think historically, and this is just outside the hobby, I've been selling stuff on eBay, whether it was wrestling related or cards for quite some time. And I had my first buyer be like, dude, like I haven't gotten the package. So he did his due diligence, reached out to USPS. They haven't received it. And I know USPS is on backup right now, but uh, it's kind of a bummer where I'm like, I told him, I'm like, hey, dude, like I'll refund you. This sucks. Because I know, you know, based on eBay policies, like they're going to protect the buyer. Luckily, it was like a $40 thing. So not that big of a deal. But I said, let's just wait for Monday. If it doesn't come on Monday or show up, then I'll, I'll issue your refund. That sucks. Like, I guess that's happening. I've heard it. I'm not the only one. People have dealt with that. Um, but yeah, just a kind of a bummer. Don't like to bring bummers on the show. But you, I do also like to bring visibility that... If you're having problems with the post office right now, I think the best thing to do is exercise patience because I've been the buyer on the other side. And somebody said this, like, I'm like, I haven't seen anything move. And they said, don't worry about it. The USPS is running on delays. And I just waited another like two, three days and the, the card eventually got to me. So I think that's be patient, buyer and seller perspective. Favorite piece of content this week. It's always hard to pick, but I have to say, man, I loved... uh Josh from Cardboard Chronicles is um he got interviewed by Lefko and he just gives his really good sound advice about what he's been doing in the hobby, how he's approaching it. Again, go left when the market is going right, zag when everyone else is zigging. It's the type of guy Josh is. He's been super uh helpful for me as I him and I have I or I've na- trying to navigate this hobby, leveraging he, his experience. That's what it's all about. Super helpful. Ask questions. Find people. Learn. Go listen to that episode. It's great stuff. I like. Just I know I talked about music at the top. I could talk about this podcast. Could just be about what I'm listening to. I wouldn't mind doing that. You probably would because I I listen to some odd stuff sometimes, but I also listen to some accessible stuff. But I had this. There's some new releases out, and it, some of the new releases kind of brought me back to n- the nostalgia of college. So I'm gonna shout those out. Killers had a new one. Hadn't listened to Killers really too much until Hot Fuss. Hot Fuss came out when I was in college. What a banger. The Killers come with it on the new one. Go check it out. If you've been sleeping on the Killers like I have, go check out the new one. Might might tune you up a little bit. And then Bright Eyes, Connor Oberus has a new one, which, again, so much college feels on that one. Go check that out. Now, all we need is a new broken social scene record in a fraternity room with FIFA 07 going on and a bong on the middle of the table. And the whole college experience will be complete. On the wrestling side, man, SmackDown this week. I'm talking WWE right now. Well, first of all, I got to say, man, Sammy Guevara, he went through a table on, on SmackDown and 
Jeez, there's a picture on him on Instagram. His head is cut up. Go watch AEW. But WWE, man, Roman Reigns. SmackDown, we got payback this Sunday after SummerSlam, and Roman Reigns is all of a sudden doing something with Paul Heyman. We'll all know on the other side of this if you watch WWE what's going on, but man, that was the most fun I've had watching an episode of SmackDown in a long time, and I'm very, very excited for the potential of a Roman and Paul Heyman partnership. That's been talked about. It's fun to see that stuff come to life in action been buying i'm gonna wait to share a lot of the buys until they hit hit my uh doorstep like i always do but punchline is kyler murray a lot of kyler some ty some terry mclaurin those are my guys right now buying them up all right so as i was thinking about football and the complexity of football i wanted to like try to map it to basketball and try to figure out like can we compare sets and growth and maybe a card within each of those sets to identify some of the growth and the time for which it happened and i said all right so 2019 so here's some perspective i know everybody is hyped on new football product coming out it's a good thing i'm hyped on new football product coming out but here's the deal I'm not spending $700, $800 on a hobby box of mosaic. I'm not doing it. I'm not in the mood and the mindset right now to go overpay and chase a bunch of rookie cards just because the, they're the rookies out right now. Here's the deal. Like, it's very, it's for rookies to pop in year one from like a skill position perspective. It happens certainly, but it's, 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 it's more rare than it is like all these first rounders do this. So, there's a lot of risk in that. Everyone's going to be buying football rookie quarterbacks. Everybody's going to be doing it. Everyone's going to be spending money on the hobby box and whatever. So like everyone's going to be doing that. That tells me that's not what's, that's not something you should be doing. Like go focus on other things. And that's what I'm going to be doing. So like, I, I just thought about that and just like wanted to think about it from the perspective of, okay, the boom is about to, is, is happening and about to start with new products that are coming out. How can we compare this to basketball? So I was looking at 2018 Prism Basketball, and I looked at Luca, And Luca is like, to be honest with you, like he is like that Luca Prism card is just such a uh, piece for comparison. And I like, it seems like I talk about it every show just because like that is the card right now. And it's like, that's the current card to compare other things and happenings in the hobby to. So if you're tired of hearing me talk about Luca PSA 10 Prism, I'm sorry, but it's like the best sta- uh it's the best standard right now. So, when the 2018 Prism basketball came out and those Lucas started getting slabbed, the base, the earliest prices the bases were recorded were um when that product came out and they were selling for $98.58, okay? So then I I looked at that and obviously we all wish we had bought those cards then and for $98.58. But then I looked at the trends of that Luca card and I thought, okay, well when Luca stepped back on the court, like th- and that card like stayed pretty consistent. Um if you look at the graph, stayed pretty consistent to that like around $100 mark as that season closed. So the product got released I think I think it was like late 2018 early in 2019 and that card stayed 
season closed out about that around that hundred dollar mark. Well, the card didn't really see a bump until around Thanksgiving of um, the following NBA season. And then the card shot up in November to $263. So I'm guessing during that period, Luca might started to get more attention, maybe hit a game winner, did something Luca-like, um, sprayed that Luca magic where it started to get the market's attention and that card started to elevate. But it was a, pretty stagnant for a while upon release. So then I go back and I look at like a comp, like Kyler Murray in 2019 uh, Prism Football. So the start price of Kyler when it first started getting slabbed up, base, 72.72. So lower than the Luka. But now, even before this season has started, the card has jumped 1,013% and now is selling for $810. Before he's even stepped on the field. That just shows you in that matter of time how different the hobby is and how many people and how much attention are on players like Kyler Murray right now. It's wild. That's what I'm saying. It's like people keep saying like rocket ship for football, rocket ship. I think it's like re like beyond ridiculous rocket ship. Like we're going to like outer space and beyond. And here's the deal. Like this like narrative around fantasy football that I've been talking about is so freaking real. And what I, I don't think is real is this like perception about like football not taking off because it's more of a US thing. Well, last time I checked, like they play games in London. Anyone else see that? Um and I know it's like not a global phenomenon phenomenon like soccer or maybe the NBA. But what I can tell you, look, go look at the ratings of every football game that happens in the United States of America. Go look at the ratings. People in the U.S. are watching football, buying, playing fantasy football, buying football cards, doing DFS lineups. That's, buying football cards is an extension of that. I don't, this narrative around it not being a global game, it needs to just be buried because it's, it's fake news. <laughs> it really is. It's not good. So I think like, let's take that into consideration. Let's take that into account. I think we all just need to know that prices are going to be high. It's about finding opportunities. I think people are going to be so obsessed with these new products that are coming out. Know that people are going to be obsessed with the new products that are coming out. If you find the products, buy them. Have fun. But like, don't lose yourself in the obsession there because that's time you're wasting where you could be finding other buys and other opportunities. That's what I'm going to be doing. All right, so I think like I want to close out just with this thought because I think it's it's really important. Back to um, I got asked by Chris actually, which I'm glad he asked me because no one had ever asked me before. It was he goes, I got to ask you when you record an episode of Stacking Slabs, like how do you do it? Like are you just like do you read off a script or what are you doing? I just tell him like I just have bullets of things I want to talk about. If they get a bullet. That's I know I have I have enough of a an opinion and take on the situation that I can just run it. That's what I'm getting. You're getting the real live and authentic me as I'm doing this. But I want to close with this. There are different styles of attacking this hobby. Okay, everyone's doing running their their business in a different way, and everyone's got different goals and different intention, intentions. 
We all need to respect that, okay? We really, really do. And just because I might be spending $200, $300 on Terry McLaurin cards right now, that might seem ridiculous to other people. But I've got reasons for why I'm doing that, okay? Just like you have reasons for why you're buying, spending time out there hunting retail and buying up Chronicles, okay? We all got different motivations and desires, and I think we need to respect that. I think the cool part, what I led with, is like trying to find people that are on your wavelength and are, are trying to operate and doing things in the hobby like you. That inspires you and gives you creative thought and energy, and I think that's really important. So I think like for me, I am trying to move. I'm trying to have fun first and foremost, trying to eliminate roadblocks and obstacles. And that's something I'm like really, really keen on right now. Here's something I don't understand. I, I, I really don't understand why like it is a mandatory requirement that eBay has to be the source of truth for every, all these transactions. Yes, there's Starstock. Yes, there's ComC. Yes, there's uh, MySlabs if you can get approved for that. There's all these different solutions. The one thing that like about these solutions though, that like for me, just based on my experiences that like, I think where there's opportunity is like the, this, these solutions, it, it, it's about the transaction. Okay. They're flipping it on its head a little bit. It's like, what if these solutions were about the people? Okay. That's where it gets really powerful. And that's where I am spending a lot of time. I am like, done with roadblocks. I'm done with red tape. I'm done with waiting. I want to meet people. I want to know what cards they have and I want to exchange. And that is a problem that is needed. It needs to be solved. And I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm thinking about that tirelessly and thinking about how can we create better solutions in this hobby to help address this. This is not something that is going to happen overnight. This is something that I am thinking about and really putting some thought into and energy into. Um, as I come up with more um, ideas regarding that and potential plans for execution, I will keep the Stacking Slabs family afloat in a breast. That's what I do around here. But back to just everyone having a different opinion and style in the hobby. I'm trying to move up the ladder. I'm trying to get bigger and better cards. I'm trying to get cool cards. Like there's different ways to do that. You got to sell off stuff. You got to sell off base cards that are rookies that you, I might not have thought I wanted to, but if I'm going to sell a card, I can get those profits and go put them into a bigger card and that's more fun for me. But you've got people that rip packs, sell raw. You got people that flip retail. You got people that buy into breaks. You got people that buy raw, grade, sell. Buy, buy and sell slabs. Maybe you're a hybrid of both. For me, what I'm trying to find is how can I operate in a model that is going to save me time, eliminate risk, and be fun. In my conversation with Chris, we, we had one, and um, he said, you know, I was sharing my frustrations about this, about primarily like, dude, I've got like five or six, six uh, PSA and BGS orders that are out, that have been out, and they've been out forever. And like, it's, it, it, like, it is what it is, but then it isn't. Like, it really isn't. Where it's like, I'm not the type of guy that is interested in continuing to feed into a problem. And I'm not saying there's, oh, there's a whole nother solution to grading. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is like, 
there is so much being held up for me and so much like I'm, I feel my, my momentum being, my, my momentum in the hobby being stopped in its tracks every week that I don't get cards back. It's not fun. And I don't want to feed into that. Like I really don't. So like, what are solutions around that? Well, solutions around that are like, you know, focusing more of my energy around buying slabs and knowing that like, if I buy some tops Chrome refractors right now of guys, that I believe in and they start catching touchdowns, people are going to want those. So then I can sell them. Then I can get the money. Then I can go buy slabs of guys like Kyla Murray and Terry McLaurin that I have in my PC. That model is to me more interesting right now because it eliminates a lot of BS along the way. It eliminates risk. People want to talk about the risk of ripping retail or going out and buying a hobby box and ripping it of course there's risk associated with it you want to talk about risk let's talk about buying a bunch of raw cards on ebay them coming to your doorstep you looking at them figuring out which ones are good enough to grade if any taking the time to go get those cards prepared clean them get a magnifying glass get the right lighting put them in top savers, sending them over to PSA, never to be heard from again, waiting, 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 finally getting those cards back and they're a bunch of nines. You want to talk about risk and you want to talk about gamble? Being in the flip game as your primary focus, that is tough. And that's for some people, but that being the primary driver of activity isn't, a, isn't for me. And it's not for me because it's, it's risky, it's a lot of work, and a lot of time, and it takes freaking forever, and I'm an impatient person. So I think this is something we should all be thinking about. We should all be focused on. Focus on your happiness. If, that, if waiting and doing all that makes you happy and you don't care, more power to you, brother. More power to you. And sister, if there's any sisters out there listening to Stacking Slabs, say what's up. I, I'm not sure I've been engaged one time, uh, maybe a couple times, but shout out to all the Stacking Slabs sisters if there's any out there. But that's just what, you, we just got to start thinking, like what's going to make you happy? That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure out what makes me happy, and that's the most important thing. If you like what you heard on this episode, definitely hit the subscribe button, write that review leave that five stars if you think i'm doing a good job follow me across all social channels hopefully you're enjoying basketball hopefully you're getting ready for football stay safe take care of yourself take care of others around you happy collecting happy investing talk to you real soon.